Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Well, welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. So it's just the two of us for this conversation, uh, but still excited about that. Yeah, I'm always excited to spend time with you. <laughs> we do joke, um, but it's really not a joke. It is really honest that this is the time that we get to spend together uninterrupted, even put the phones on like airplane mode so notifications aren't coming through. So yeah. Just, I need to do that real quick then. I'm all just the two of us and uh, yeah. Noah here with us. So that's, <laughs> that's always good. Yeah. Um, today, just wanted to kind of reflect back on a time that we spent in gorgeous Colorado at the Gaylord uh, at the beginning of May and just kind of talk through what it looks like to really take advantage of and make the most of conference season that's coming up, especially for people in the accounting industry. Yeah, the conference season kicks off in May. Uh, accountants go come out of hibernation, I guess, April, mid-April and start traveling again and want to solve for pain points that they had in their business in the beginning of the year. So conference season goes from May really to December, uh, you know, and you're learning things along the way, getting to see people that you know and hear from people that you want to hear from and demoing software and all the different things that happen at a conference. So you have to be real selective on your time with other areas of life, obviously, too. So making the most of those conferences and traveling the right ones after you're there, what do you do? What do you look at? How do you make the most of your time? And especially they're held at great destinations like Denver. Vegas is a great destination for some and Florida. It just depends where they're hosting the conference. But you also don't want to go too crazy with the venue during the conference that you miss out on why you actually went to the conference. Um, so that's some things to keep in mind, obviously. Yeah. And so we have been very selective on what types of like conferences or uh, continuing edu education that we choose to travel for and to pay for. And so we absolutely love RootWorks and the conferences that they put on. And I know for me, Personally, one of the reasons I love it so much is it's so much more about the people and relationships than just the content or the information that you're going to take away. They do have great food every time. They have great swag. They always host it in a nice place. But above all of that, just getting to be with the people. And because we have been attending those for so long, now those people are definitely friends and almost feels like family. You just pick right back up wherever you left off the, since the last time that you've seen them. That's the main thing to kind of keep in mind, being selective, because you have to budget not only your dollars, because conference, conference, going to conferences does cost money. It, it is expensive. So you have the base cost to attend the conference, you have the cost to get there and stay and all of those things. Uh, but then you also have the opportunity cost, especially if you're in a business kind of like ours, professional services, where 
that time could be spent serving clients and doing kind of billable work. So there's a few different things to keep in mind when you're really weighing which conferences or how many conferences you should go to and setting a priority of which conferences you may also look at budget. Like if there's some conferences that are out of your budget or they're too far away, Expensify is doing one in Italy. Uh, and so that one may be out of a budget for some people compared to like Vegas, but you have to look at those factors, but then there may be a choice where you go to one really important specific conference where it's got specific people, specific content, as opposed to like two or three lower value conferences. And it is where, um, quality is better than quantity a lot of times. And what we'll see in this conference season that really kicks off in May and goes on throughout the summer, you'll see a lot of the same people there. You'll see a lot of the same content. And now in our space, we're seeing a lot of sessions on obviously software technology, be it how to use uh, AI and different things within that, or, or at least be aware that that is coming down the pipe. Uh, you see a lot of conversations around outsourcing and staffing, culture, all of that. Um, some of those sessions bleed together uh, from conference to conference, and you'll, especially if it's the same leader um, speaking on that. So you have to be careful uh, when you set that agenda, and you don't want to overcommit yourself because we've done that. I personally have done that in the past where you're going to another conference every other week, it feels like. Yeah, I think um, just to add on to that or just to kind of help with okay, how do I choose? All of these look great. I'm using all of these as an excuse to travel or get out of town, take advantage of the summer months, maybe either get to somewhere warmer or for us, maybe get to somewhere not so warm. Um, And I think one of the big things that we've done is really look at before we schedule a conference, like before we schedule time away and time out is really looking at what are we trying to solve for? What is the goal? What are we hoping to get out of this? Because if you really go into it, it's overwhelming. The amount of vendors that are usually there, the content and the different sessions that are available, it can just be absolutely overwhelming. And you may get a great vacation, probably can write it all off since if you're spending the majority of the time actually at the conference. Um, But as far as your business or yourself getting better, you may miss out. Yeah. The way we would start and recommend people when they set those, what do I want to learn? You have to reflect on maybe the last six months in your business uh, and what were the pain points? What are the pain points that we need to solve for? And is that a process, a technology, a people issue, and really set the agenda for conference season for you to go out and learn or identify what's going to make those pain points less So the easy way to do that is look at the sessions or the presenters that will be there. Um, Also, I assume some of the software vendors may be listed as well. You have to be careful with software um, or technology vendors because it's almost like sometimes catching a a cab out out of a Mexican airport. You know, it's like all of them trying to make sure that you pick them uh, for your destination. And in this situation, it's software. So be careful, know what you're going in for. If it's a certain technology in our space, everybody is so caught up on practice management software and different um, templates, different software that they think will 
make life easier. And that's not always the case. But if there is an education that you need uh, going into that with that clear purpose in mind and being able to filter out out everything else is is important because you don't want to get sidetracked by all the various squirrels that are out there and then come home with a whole new tech stack. And especially if you come home with a whole new tech stack and your team has to learn a whole new tech stack, that's not fun conversations to have. So what we like to say is uh, really identify those pain points, set priorities on what you want to learn. We would really recommend you go learn the first really couple months and decide on which new softwares or technologies within those first two months. And I've encouraged friends who own firms and everything to do that. So by June 30th, the end of Q2, we really know what our big initiatives are for the remainder of the year, especially around software and technology, because you may have an onboarding window that after you've engaged that you've got to prepare for. And then after that onboarding window, you actually have to begin using it. And time moves so fast now, especially time moves fast when there isn't as much work um, during the summer months. So you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success in Q1 of next year. So it, it really flies by after you choose that, that software. So all that to say, go early in the season, learn, make final decisions on new processes, software, people, whatever that is, and then begin to test and then perfect in the next quarter. So yeah, and I think that we've learned after attending and being closer to people and vendors in the conference, they're probably just as happy if you come talk to them and pick up their swag than if you even sign up for services. They just don't want to take it home, and they feel really guilty like throwing it in the trash at the end of the day because they're not paying to ship it or yeah. paying for an extra luggage to carry it back. So you don't have to buy all the software. Just go see the vendors and pick up whatever they're giving away, <laughs> take it home to take it home to somebody. Well, they realize, uh, much like our services, it's a relationship with these vendors or partners. And you may not need that specific item now. So it's really just an introduction. They're constantly enhancing it to try to meet the market's needs. And so they just, they value those conversations. They're real people too. And, um, you know, we try to treat them as such. It is interesting since I've been able to play a part as a speaker and a consultant and be a part of these conference circuits that start. Um, some of the stuff you learn along the way, yes, that swag is thrown away at the end of the conference, whatever is left. So Yetis or playing decks of cards, uh, whatever that could be, hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars of just swag is thrown away. So make one last pass through the uh, exhibitor hall uh, before you leave. Go pick up anything else that you want to grab and then maybe even take some home for your team. We, we do that occasionally, especially on stuff that we use. And then the other pro tip there is we would actually pick up excess swag that we could give to our clients and a little bit of a new client swag bag or things. And it's technologies that they're going to use, you know, whether that's ADP or QBO or whatever. Um, it's not necessarily white labeled. It is co-branded or just branded. And, you know, everybody loves that stuff, even if they didn't go to the conference. Yeah, I love that you shared that. I like that we can set up our new clients um, with a little bit of 
a gift just to make them feel a little bit appreciated, but then also to get them comfortable in recognizing the technologies that they'll be using when working with our team. What would you say is like the best part across the people, of course, um, but the best part across all conferences? What do you think is the most useful? Oh, um, I, li I, I like traveling. Uh, I like traveling and I like an excuse to expense that travel. Um, I like to go see new places. It, that's a balance between responsibilities at home and stages of life for kids. So May is actually really hard right now with having a senior and everything that happens in the final month of May of their high school career. Um, the, the next thing for me besides travel and just being in new places, new cities, is actually learning, um, taking away new content. And that that is hard because maybe you go a little bit too hard on certain nights and uh, you aren't at your your best the day of, and you just want to sleep in and, and skip the reason for the travel. But going and actually seeking out knowledge to bring back for yourself or for your team, it makes the value of your business stronger. It, 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 you know, it allows for you to provide additional support to your client base and your team members. So I love the fact, just the opportunity that you can learn from others that you may not see and being in person, uh, especially after the season of being, you know, remote as the whole world was concerned. I think being back in person these last couple of years now um, is really special and you get to connect with people. The other, the last piece I'll say about, you know, what do I enjoy um, is maybe it's a software you already use, but learning it better and getting like pro tips. So the conference we were just at in early May, uh, we did that. We're transitioning kind of our hosted cloud provider and I just needed best practices on when I have conversations with our team, when the cutover happens, what is the best workflow? Not what you've prescribed to all of your clients, but our specific situation. So that was the takeaway that I got out of that conference. And it was five minutes with the right person in person uh, to get that answer. I love that. And perhaps on this cutover, we should have asked more about what are some what are some other things we should be aware of that could potentially happen, maybe not happen, but but what could potentially happen with yeah. connectivity? And how how long of a time period? When do we need to give the team the heads up, not just the actual day that it's going to be complete? Um, we probably should ask a couple more questions before that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know. So being a former teacher, I guess I'm always a, once a teacher, always a teacher that's in my blood. Um, when I go to conferences, I want to leave with the whole plan. Like I want to, whatever I have learned new, I, I probably don't learn it if I'm not going to apply it. I hear it, I'm interested in it, but if I'm not going to apply it in my day-to-day -day with anyone, I don't I don't care if I learned something at an accounting conference that I'm gonna apply with my kids, but if I'm not going to apply it somewhere, I probably won't remember it. And so I love to leave the conference knowing exactly what that's going to look like, or at least having an idea of the next step. And I think when you're in the sessions that may be 45 minutes to an hour, they have to be um, fairly general, I feel like. They they do need to get you interested because they want you to learn more about it, potentially use something that they're doing, whether it be a process, a technology. Um, but 
the application piece for me, I feel like is often lacking when you're sitting in just a regular whole, like breakout session. And so for me, the parts, the in-between parts during the breaks, during the lunches, during the breakfast, where you're sitting with other peers around you, other like-minded people who maybe just heard the same thing or have something about their business that's similar to yours. And they're talking about how they specifically apply it, the things that went wrong, the things that went well, what they wish they had known, or just like, this is how to do it, or this is who to talk to, or this is how to start. I feel like those are even better. A lot of times the sessions have um, really catchy titles and they have a description that pulls you into the room. Sometimes the actual content that's presented isn't even close to what that uh, may have said. And so I don't think that that's a loss. I think as long as you're utilizing those times to go and talk to people, depending on size of conference, I am one. If I don't know anybody, I would like potentially go to my room in between or go outside and warm up in between. But really taking that time to talk to the other participants at the conference and just learn from other people who are doing similar things to what you're doing. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, I definitely agree that the best conferences will have downtime built into the agenda. Uh, whenever you're building these conferences and kind of helping with that now in my roles, um, you want to cram it all in. You want three sessions every hour on the hour. You're turning rooms. You're having people, uh, allowing people to speak on their given topic and it's just so much. So you need to pause and reflect as an attendee and really determine how others are using it, your peers, as you mentioned, um, just to make sure that it is the right call. And the other thing that you said is the titles are sometimes catchy and they're written that way to draw you in. If you're in a, in a session and it's not holding your attention within probably the first five or 10 minutes, I would almost recommend getting up and leaving um, just because your time is worth so much and you traveled. So if there's another session offered, go into the other room, not to be rude. I'm on stage sometimes. And I, I think if I'm not delivering that message, it's not, there's not a bad audience. There's only bad presenters. And so that's the piece where if you're in an, if you're in the audience and you're not getting anything out of the session, do yourself a service and go to the next one or, um, just go create space where you can maybe reflect on what you've already heard. And those are the other things. So it's very important to look at the agenda, to look at those sessions and things, but then also creating time with others at breakfast in the bar, just to have real talk and see how they really use it. Like you said, yeah, I love that. And the most recent conference we went to in May was the Rootworks conference in Colorado. And I loved the final session before the keynote was a just time for a planning session. It was a conference built for teams to come. So a lot of attendees who were there had other teammates with them. So they could all come back together, share the things that they had heard over the day and a half, and then start putting a plan in place as far as prioritizing. This is what we want to to work on. This is what we want to implement. It may not have even been anything that they heard at the conference, you know, maybe just sparked some ideas of things yeah. that they had in mind before, but at least prioritizing and putting in a, 
a plan of what's next and then a timeline of, okay, and next step is next week. And then the next step needs to happen, you know, at such and such date. And so I thought that was very, very beneficial and very smart to include um, in that conference. Yeah, I would say that that was probably the most important session of the conference. Um, So that's your end of conference takeaways before it all becomes a blur to actually set priorities. Obviously, if you took team members there with you to really decide what, hear what they heard, you know, if they share what was important to them and you can come back together as a team and really set priorities and what is the first priority that we're setting once we get home? Uh, what do we really need to work on? Is there anybody else we need to talk to before we leave this conference? So I love that it was a little bit longer than a tradition than a traditional session too. Uh, and the other thing that was really done well in that is within those rooms, your individual coaches who work with you throughout the year were kind of facilitating these conversations at tables. So they were bouncing around from table to table to make sure people were talking, to make sure that notes were being written and to really prompt action on the other side, because, you know, these coaches, Amy, Anna, Leah, Lindsay, they're going to be the ones on the other side of this to help hold you accountable. And that's really what was needed. We've seen that and we've seen that be successful so much more than just trying to get in one more session on X, Y, or Z. And I think the feedback we got from that session was great. Um, It also allowed some one-off conversations to maybe happen that would happen at breakfast or at a bar um, with other firms. But ultimately you have to make sure that you're going home with, you're going home with takeaways and that you're setting those priorities for you and your team. Yeah, and I know that it's so easy to gather all of that information and go home and not share it with the right people or not put any action into place. Not all conferences put a planning session into the conference agenda. And so I know that we have done this before where we take an extra day after the conference ends and schedule that flight for the next day or the next morning just to digest all of the information we've heard, to talk it over, and then to put those priorities in place. So I would say if a conference doesn't have something like that built into the agenda, definitely don't don't let it go really more than probably 24 hours without writing some things down and putting um, priorities and next step in place, you'll forget about it. Yeah. You'll you'll have best intentions, uh, but never any action in the right direction. Yeah, no, that's that's very important. We didn't do this, do that this time uh, just because we wanted to get back um, with all the other responsibilities we have. And I kind of missed that extra night to kind of recover uh, from the busyness of the conference and to really set priority on what our takeaways would be and just really have that space with either you or teammates or anything like that, that you can actually have that other night decompress because you get back really home or to the office and it's back to the races. It's, it's so, um, just matter of fact that you may forget everything that you took time and money to go learn. And then, It'll come back up once that pain point comes up again that you went to go solve for. So always book yourself kind of a post-conference day to really recap individually that can be done. That can be done on the beach, at the pool, in the spa if you really want to get nice. Um, But definitely do that 
on the flight home, you always have great intentions to do that, but usually you're exhausted and usually you just want to zone out and watch whatever movies on or sleep. Um, so I think that is very important to book that extra day and give yourself kind of that recap of the conference to finish well. Well, you're super fortunate because somebody that loves you a lot went ahead and put those priorities in place and next steps that need to happen. And uh, we'll have to have another discussion about creating margin uh, so that you have time to hear about all of that at some point. Yeah. When I, at this one, because I I do have a role and I was a presenter, it, it is a little bit different to be at a conference and have responsibilities versus uh, attendee. So uh, I go back and forth on stuff like that and uh, which one I prefer the most. Uh, either way, they're they're both a lot of fun. But I think the sessions that always stay with you are the ones that we've heard before, but we go to again. So like our friends, Darren and John, um, you know, what it means to just have a pulse check checkup on how things are really going and are we really still loving our job? Are we kind of creating this culture in this modern firm? All of that stuff we've heard before, we could, you know, repeat the stories that are told in our sleep, but we still go, we still go to listen. And it's, we're not the only ones, like so many of our other peers and friends go into those rooms. And that's where you would find me just because I, I could go be a little bit less, uh, anxious, I guess, about some of the stuff that was shared versus like the chat GPT and the outsourcing and all the other stuff that should be being focused on. But whenever you go back to the core of why you started the business, the vision, the values, all of that, I think that's also a, a pulse check. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, not having a bad audience, but potentially like a bad presenter. But I think that you can be a lazy audience participant, because you can listen to something. I mean, we go to church and, uh, you know, the Bible isn't changing. So we hear stories over and over again, every time you hear something just a little bit different, depending on where you are or where that pain point currently is. And so I think to be an active participant and listening for something, because a lot of times when I'm in sessions that I have been in before, I hear what they're saying, but it sparks a new idea, maybe not something that they, the presenter said or mentioned, but I have like a page of notes of things that it made me think about that I want to do, you know, within our firm. And so I think if there's not other sessions where you could get up and move and go see if there's another one that's better is to not throw it away and kind of check out, but really pay attention to what they're saying. And whether it's a, I'm not doing that, or I can do that better. um, There's always something to take away. Yeah, and I think it's the stage of life that you go into with new ears. Uh, and we just had um, Matt Schomburg in in studio, and he had mentioned a book, uh, Halftime, by Bob Buford. And he said what an impact it had on his life. I read that same book, and it was like, nah, you know, kind of <laughs> flat. Um, so I'm sure at a different season in my life, I'll read that. And no offense to that author or that book, um, but it's just where you're at in life, maybe you hear something different than what has been presented before and you have new takeaways. So that's the, that's the cool thing about, you know, growth and maturity and just being different stages of life that some of the same content will impact you differently. And then as a great 
audience member or um, somebody there taking notes, taking you know action and relating it to your life or your business as it is today, that's your responsibility. And you have to go into these conferences knowing that is your responsibility. It's not just a vacation. If you want a vacation, just go to the just go on a vacation. Don't spend the money to go to a conference. Um, so those are the pieces where it is a little bit different. You do have to go in prepared. You do have to be ready to have takeaways. If you don't do those things, then your conference season is just going to not be great. And it's just going to be like anything else. And you'll come back and fall into the same habits that you had before and nothing will change. Yeah. Well, thanks. This has been a great conversation. Hopefully some people, um, kind of go into their conferences a little more prepared and don't feel like they've either wasted time or wasted money um, or just that they got a great vacation out of it. Hopefully something that helps them get better. Yeah, I would say if you're going to try to get a great vacation at a conference, that's uh, not going to happen because the classes <laughs> get in the way of the best time, you know, to go to the go to the beach, go to the lake, go to the casino, whatever your thing is. Um, yeah, so I would recommend you try to figure out what is a conference and what is a vacation. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't like to mix those two things. So yeah. All right. Well, it's been a great conversation. See you on the next. All right. Thanks. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.